Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbrick Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the co-writers of Head Cases, Leslie Julian and AJ O'Mason, here to promote the comic currently on Crowdfunder. Welcome, Leslie. Welcome, AJ. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. But outside my introduction, who is Leslie Julian and AJ O'Mason in their own words? I am a uh, Haitian-American uh, comic writer who has been doing this for the last uh, seven years. I kind of just write whatever pops into my brain. And this time it happened to be a story about two kids that steal a, a, a briefcase, or not briefcase, but a bag with a severed head in it. Um, and I'm Joe Mason. I'm a writer and letterer. Um, I've worked uh, on comics for four years now. Um, I have... Uh, Release some some stuff through Kickstarter, some self-published stuff, some stuff that were in in anthologies, um, and right now I'm working on head cases with with Leslie, and also working on a graphic novel trilogy uh, with IDW uh, that's called Cloud Nine. Cool, cool. So Leslie, I can you kind of already answered this question, but I guess what is head cases about, really? Yeah, so um, Head Cases is a story about these two teens, Gila and Ramon, who were, you know, just normal kids on a, a subway, uh, just headed to, to school in the morning. And Gila is just bored out of her mind and decides really impulsively, what if we just happen to steal something from this random guy in front of us? And unfortunately from her, uh, the bag that she steals uh, is, uh, again, there's a decapitated head in there, and uh, they stole it from Hitman and things, you know progress wildly from there it, it really is like a, a runaway train after those first uh, six pages of the story they steal it from a, a hitman you think you would have it would be more secure than just you would think, <laughs> you would think you, right <laughs> but um could either of you uh elaborate on your creative process for head cases as a whole so i guess leslie just a thought in your head about this to working it out as a complete work and then mm -hmm. finding collaborators to work with like AJ to now promoting it on crowdfunder. Yeah. So it was really interesting. Um, AJ hit me up uh, just kind of randomly. I, I think he maybe saw some of my short stories online and uh, asked if we wanted to collaborate. I said, yeah, let's give it a shot. You know, I had only uh, co-written one other story. So uh, I was kind of nervous, honestly, to, to go into it. But me and AJ, we, we kind of found a system that worked for us. Uh, basically, uh, creating a story, what we did was I wrote this first issue, and AJ kind of served as the editor. After I, I wrote the script, he went back and edited things, you know, made sure that the, the tone of voice or, or maybe that the beats that we we're trying to hit were, were met. And so uh, that's uh, kind of what AJ did. And after that, we, you know, did a couple more rounds of revisions, and then we... Um, showed around to our peer group and they said whoa you guys wrote something crazy here and uh that was kind of our, our green light to go ahead and put together our, our creative team from there we were lucky enough to stumble into Paolo Sampiao the uh the line artist who does incredible work and um from there we were uh both fans of Warnia K uh Saadewa, her uh colors from uh, dry foot and I'd always wanted to work with Michael Myers the letterer so we yeah put together a strong team with this one yeah, and how about you, AJ? How was your experience working alongside Leslie um, as you both, I guess, fleshed out this, I guess, this almost like random idea he had in his head to a now complete work on Crowdfunder? Um, so it's basically the, the same experience. I was also, when before I uh, reached out to him, I was also, it was always a challenge that I wanted to face, um, or not just the challenge, it's also like a, such a journey to, 
uh, co-write something something with someone. Usually I'm just used to just write something. Uh, you write the script, you give it to some friends and then they tell you what they think and they think and then you uh, give it to the artist and you know and, and from there it goes. But here it like it felt almost like really, I don't know, like intimate, like sharing like those characters and, and everything with a, with a co-writer. And I think we did a really great job. Um, and yeah, it was an amazing experience and just our, it's, it's always crazy to me when I think about like, okay, so we, we started thinking about idea that, that idea, we kind of decided to go with it around maybe the, the middle of 2020. And it was just an idea and then it became an outline and after that it became a script and after that it became uh, six pages of, of preview pages and um, I hope that my hope is that actually it's actually going to become a miniseries and that's going to be my first miniseries. I think Leslie's um, Savage Wizard, the, the comic that you're doing with Doug, is that also a miniseries? Yeah, that's a, another miniseries too, uh, two miniseries uh, ideally will come out of and that's both these comments kind of happen around the same time head cases and savage wizard uh i had another um crowdfunding comic that i put out last year it's still in, in production right now but uh i co-wrote co that one with doug wood and then a couple months later aj approached me on co-writing so it's kind of funny it's co-writing magic in the air at, at the time <laughs> yeah so it was really um so i hope that if this gets funded, we're actually gonna start my main, uh, my first mini series. Um, and yeah, it's always crazy to me to think about it. Yeah. Uh huh. So, what is the difference actually between crowdfunder and Kickstarter? I'm so used to doing Kickstarter interviews. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is there a really different a difference? Because I see that it has the layout and then like the rewards on the sides, and of course, people donate money or they like, purchase whatever rewards they want to back the the project so is there a real difference or anything like that um that for, the most part, for the most part i would say they're they're basically the same because they're both crowdfunding platforms but there are some differences um with crowdfunder one of the cool features is that um you can um back things at multiple uh tiers like you know in, in kickstarter you can only pick one reward and you're locking them with that but with crowdfunder you can basically grab as many rewards as you want you're not limited to just one Another difference uh, with crowdfunder is that so creators, when they put projects on there, uh, any crowdfunding platform, you pay the credit card fees, but also platform fees. So uh, crowdfunder, they have it where there's three different tiers for creators. There's one tier where you don't pay any um, platform fee at all. They have a second tier where your backers were basically deferred those costs where you pay them when they're um, paying for rewards. And the third one is the same as Kickstarter. So you would just pay that platform fee. And um, there's one more difference, AJ, I'm not sure if you remember it. Um, there's one more big difference. Oh yeah, the other one is, um, so basically you can do the Kickstarter all or nothing method when you're raising your money, or you can do like the Indiegogo, um, take whatever like you raise uh, pretty much is another one of the main differences. And there's other little things like, um, I, I say it's really modular because of like all those differences kind of give you some different op options, but also, um, I think they were really focused on like the design aesthetic. So I think the pages, I think seem a little bit shorter uh, sometimes in the Kickstarter ones, like they have little tabs so you can separate like stuff like for ours, we put the uh, team information on a different um, page. So there's just little differences like that, that make them different, but it, in all, you know, reality, they're, they're pretty much the same, but just again, some slight differences here and there. 
Okay, yeah, I figure I'd slip that question in because some people yeah, might course. be looking towards other options other than Kickstarter or mm -hmm. they don't really know the difference themselves. Yeah, yeah, they're um, brand, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you you, you go. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, so they're brand new. We launched the Satan is them. They um, uh, you know, came out on June 21st and our campaign also launched June 21st. So they're brand new. We're on there. There's some other cool campaigns on there. Um, Mark Stack has a beautiful looking comic on there called Madness. Ryan K. Lindsay is on there with Backstory. So they definitely want to get themselves out there as a, as a platform for creators. I think originally they started um, the parent company. It was Fundraiser, which is more like a, a GoFundMe type thing. Mm -hmm. And they had uh, a comic person just randomly run a campaign on there. It was actually successful. And they said, uh, well, maybe we could kind of uh, do a better service for creators if we like launch something that was more creator focused than what they had before. So for Fundraiser, they kind of split off and um, started uh, Crowdfunder now, which is, yeah, a lot more creator centric. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good info for anyone, you know, listening and wants to explore other options and Kickstarter crowdfunder is a good option to explore. Um, I'm not sure what um, either of your influences were as you were writing, co-writing head cases, but was it difficult um, for the world building for head cases? Like, how did you two manage to create a world that is totally your own and integrate the, your influences into it, but maintain that head cases is in your world and not someone else's? Um, that's a great question. I, we actually, like when, when I, we initially came up with the idea, uh, in my head, it was very much, I wanted it to be like a, a love letter to Martin McDonough's uh, films, like In Bruges, um, Seven Psychopaths, all that kind of stuff, but also Pulp Fiction, where it's like just very crazy. There are multiple things happening at once. So it was in the in the outline phase, it was really a struggle. I remember me and, and Leslie trying to wrap our heads around everything. We wanted everything to like um, be in like different, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like different storylines, but also not that much. Like we wanted to, to jump back and forth between characters and we wanted it to be in the end where it's gonna be in the, in the final issue. It's, there's gonna be like a huge, huge, um battle of course so like we wanted all those characters at the same time to also have a place where they have their own character arc and they have things to do in in the in the outline and like we really it was it was a challenge but it, in the end i think we we figured it out and i can't wait for people to if we if we get it funded i can't wait for people to see how it progresses and how crazy and wild it, it goes along the way yeah, I think um, one of the the main things, that, I mean, uh, part of my thinking and our influence was, um, I think, like, honestly, the process kind of reflects what we wrote was that, you know, it was a lot of fun, like, it, it's dark subject matter, but I think uh, we had fun writing it, and we were trying to convey, like, a fun, crazy, like, off-the-wall story here. Um, yeah, there are definitely certain things that we uh, kind of, I think, had as influence in the back of our mind. Um, I know... Um, AJ brought up Bog Bodies. I hadn't read that book, but um, Four Kids Walking the Bank was um definitely a part of the DNA for both of us in writing it because we have these, you know, smart addict kids just getting to some stuff that's way over their head. And um yeah, we um I think we're uh, thinking in, in terms of the setting. Uh so it, it's set in uh New York in like the late 90s. So there's some kind of uh uh mechanics that we use to, to get around on some of the questions that you might, you know 
to consider thinking of like you know there's no cell phone so that kind of helps us get around some some certain uh things and that's definitely a part of our thinking when we uh thought up the story and that i think definitely uh worked to to kind of build the world and the sex that we were going for mm-hmm. so has there ever been a clash between um your creative side like thinking of these random ideas for stories versus the writer side of you of wanting to complete them and flesh them out but it's like how am I supposed to do that like oh you come up with the idea of these two kids on their way to school and one of them is bored out their mind they want to steal a bag come find out it's a head in it okay that's cool so what about the rest of it so you have this idea as a creator and then you like as the writer you're like how am I gonna how am I gonna complete this as a as a work yeah that's always stuff like it I mean, people say like ideas are a dime a dozen and you can come up with a lot of ideas, but like execution is is, is a tough part. And I uh-huh. think that's the fun part of collaborating with someone, uh, you know, like, especially if they're as invested or maybe more invested in you is that they're going to, you know, help you push this along. You have that back and forth where, oh, I had this idea, but this didn't work. And then like someone can twist that idea and like, you know, turn just that little idea you had into, yeah, an outline and you just kind of go with it and we were kind of passing the ball back and forth in, in terms of ideas like where if maybe one of us is stuck in one process next thing you know it's like hey aj i have an idea or hey leslie like what do you think of this and it's like oh my gosh like you can think of that but someone else can get outside your brain and, and kind of develop things a little bit more which is a lot of fun mm-hmm. and what about you aj has there ever been like that like how do you i guess manage your creative side of thinking of ideas and then the writer side of actually executing those ideas a great question again like i just it just it really is just a challenge like uh writing is like especially writing i believe like writing with a lot of characters that you want all of them to go through uh character arcs and stuff like that that can be so hard because you want to have you want to make sure that every character has enough space and also you want to make sure that the main characters which we also have two main characters um they you also want to make sure that each of them go on their own character arc and it's actually something that I'm also like sometimes struggling with uh, outlining the the trilogy of of graphic novels that I'm doing for uh, IDW because that's also like uh, has a lot of characters involved so it it is a a real challenge and the way to do it like I the way I do it is just uh, banging my head against the wall until like something comes out I'm like nothing works nothing works and then I'm like wait what if and then once that one if uh like goes out of my head and i start like everything starts connecting from there it's just a cakewalk you know just to add to that question a little bit more because that was a really great question um yeah honestly i have like a google keep folder of like so many ideas and like i'm sure like 90 percent of them will never get touched but it's like sometimes you just kind of the push like the ones that just really stay stuck in your brain um like this was one of them Savage Wizard was one of them. I I wrote uh uh or at least the first parts of like a, a graphic novel that was like just stuck in my brain, and I uh, you know put that together and uh, found an editor and uh, approached some uh, some literary agents about it just because it was kind of stuck in my brain so much. But like sometimes like you just have something that's like literally driving you mad, and like you have to get it out. So I think uh for me it, it's just like not not just leaving it there like just forcing yourself to, to mobilize and and make something happen with it and again co-writing or collaborating with other people is a great way to keep you accountable and then move things along 
Yeah, I actually have um like a bunch of Google Docs of stories that I wrote, you know, from like years ago. Mm-hmm. And um I also write a lot in my notes app on my on my iPhone for yeah. stuff that just comes to mind. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the times I really don't know where I'm gonna go with it. And maybe I'll use something that didn't work in one story, I'll put it in another. Right. And then it's so weird how like the brain works because sometimes I feel like my like for some reason my brain knew what how this was gonna work, but like I didn't know that. Yeah. And then I figured it out. Like I had to catch up with my brain. I was like, oh, so you knew this whole time, but you didn't tell me. Okay. Yeah. No, as a writer, that makes total sense. Like there's sometimes it's just like almost like at a higher level, like you can't consciously think about, but but somehow like when you're in front of the computer, you just things start to come and you can't quite like logically like put together, but like it, it just comes. And yeah, that's just such an interesting way that humans operate. It's just really fascinating. Yeah. And, and for me, actually, some, most of the times when I like figure something out, it's right before I go to sleep. Like I'm almost falling asleep and then I'm like, wait, I got it. And then I'm like, oh man, oh my God. Okay. And then I go to my notes app and I'm starting to write. Um, or it's just like I go on a walk where I just do my normal day-to-day stuff and then something comes up and I have to basically stop everything and write it down. Um, so yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just, I do the same thing sometimes. I walk my dog or I'm taking a shower or when I was, um, I wrote my, my first book, I was writing it when I was driving home from work and just imagining scenes in different places. And that's how I was able to flush a lot of stuff out. And sometimes I'm just writing just to be writing, just to see where the scene goes. And then again, my brain is like, it's starting to, I'm starting to connect all the dots where it's like my brain already knew that was going to happen, which I think is super weird again. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what advice would either of you offer to other creators you wish someone would have told you when you first started? Um, one might sound cliche, but um, I, I think that it's really important, especially when you're first starting out, is to start small, I think is one of the best pieces of advice that I can give because um, it, it's actually a lot harder, I think, uh, than people realize to write like a, a small story, like a one page or, or two page comic and like have that be like a fully flesh out beginning, middle end story than like trying to do like a, a full 24 page or like a, a whole graphic novel like you know like if you can really like sharpen your craft and, and hone your skills on making that show stories like it's going to make your your longer stuff like so much more uh i think powerful so i think that's definitely one of the go-to pieces of advice that i give uh, new writers um i would say Usually I, I say that too, whenever I get asked that, but I, I just now something that came up to mind. Well, I was also talking about how like we started in middle of 2020 uh, writing her cases, and now we just started uh, doing the funding for it. So something that I wish someone told me is that sometimes making comics can be so slow and you have to be like super patient because it just has to be that way. Like you, you're working with people and, and art, especially when it comes to the art stage, it just takes a lot of time and a lot of energy out of the artist. So you also don't want um, to overwhelm them while you're working with them. And sometimes like most of the things that I have out now or that I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have out in like the next two years, I've been working on them for like two, uh, one to three years even. And it's sometimes, 
me being having ADHD, I don't know if that's maybe the why why it is, but like I just want that instant gratification. Like I always want like uh, to see what people think of my work and and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I just have to be patient and remind myself, like yeah, I have a lot of things going on, but at the same time, it just slowly progresses and it just takes time. So also something that I would say is that. Um, if you want to do this like full time or you, you just want to have like a real career in comics is just uh, always have something in the back of your mind, always something that you're working on, which can be again a lot and you can you have to be patient. But you just like for me, like I don't I don't even like sometimes I can't even help it. Sometimes I just want to keep working like i finish up a project and i'm like okay what's next because like I, I love telling stories and i love writing so if you want to do this like i always like like you said um write down ideas on your uh, notes app and always have something brewing in the back of your mind in the subconscious where once you you're done with another project you can be like okay now it's time to to tackle this and so on and so forth mm -hmm. Well, just to, I guess, to piggyback off of what you said, AJ, um, I guess about being frustrated or impatient, throughout this whole process, did either of you ever get overwhelmed? Um, did it ever become too much? And how do you typically manage your mental well-being when it does become too much, even with like trying to balance not just the work itself, but things outside of the work? So say like family, friends, household things, or maybe even trying to maintain a social life. So how do you manage your mental well-being when it does become too much? I think we uh, definitely did ha have that happen. Um, earlier in the production, um, we uh, found some other artists, but unfortunately things just kind of fell through. Uh, the first one had like an, an injury and had to back out. You know, the second one had just some um, publisher obligations. And so they had to back out. So yeah, I actually took three or two artists before we uh, managed to find Paolo. So, I mean, one thing is definitely managing your expectations. Yeah, like uh, AJ mentioned before, like making comics can take a while. And sometimes even when you're making them, you kind of forget that, but like there's just a, a process of finding people and then actual creation that can just take a while and can kind of be kind of draining. So I think definitely taking a step back and just enjoying yourself and not feeling guilty when you're doing those things is very important for every um, creator and yourself to, to understand. Sometimes we forget that and we have to be kind to ourselves, but I think re remembering to do those things that you to do the things that you love and just kind of get away from comics, whether that's, you know, going outside, which I know can be hard for a lot of us because we're on social media or on our computers a lot, or, you know, just watch your favorite movies or, you know, whatever that thing that is that kind of refills your, your energy levels is, is what you have to do for sure. I think is uh, definitely important when you're feeling that frustration rising and it's definitely a key to mental health. Yeah. And uh, I would say also another point where I don't know if like we were really overwhelmed. We were just a little bit, I don't know even disappointed is the right word, but like we were just a little unhappy, I guess, where uh, when we first uh, like finished up the, the preview pages, we, we first pitched it to some publishers. Um, and unfortunately, no one uh, was interested um, in the pitch, in the, in the pitch. And we like, I kind of like everything just worked out. Like I thought the, the outline was great. 
And I thought Paulo Sampaio's art with with uh, Sade was colors and 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 Micah's letters. Like it was just it looked like a professional book. Like it looked like something that I would see in the in the comic book store and I would pick up immediately. Um, and I was a little yeah I I'm. I'll admit it, I was a little disappointed that we didn't pick, get picked up. And then we decided to just go for it. Like, what are we gonna do just now? Like, let it go and not make it like into a main, like a mini series that we wanna have out there. So there was a point there where I, again, I was just a little disappointed, but we just uh, picked ourselves up, up and we said, all right, let's just do it. And now hopefully it's gonna become a, a the main series that the mini series that we wanted to be yeah i think i think it'll work it's a really cool idea and i didn't even know it was set in the 90s that's kind of interesting to me too so set in the 90s and they steal a a, a bag with a head in it um and then i don't want to spoil it because i know you sent me some details about it um earlier leslie so yeah i think it, it'll be pretty interesting it's it's i, I don't know it, i guess it's an original idea or it's something a little bit more refreshing in a way kind of sort of I should say but yeah I think it'll work it'll definitely work but um <laughs> my last question for the both of you Leslie and AJ is what is your idea of success so I ask that because as creators if we're not getting full uh regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art we're considered failures or we consider ourselves failures Many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career path can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote unquote success? So I don't think there's one uh, definite idea of success. I think there's levels to that. So for me, I mean, starting out uh, where I am, I, I think for me, success is uh, one of them, uh, pictures of success is getting my books into a comic shop. And um, so I'm hoping, uh, after you know things are said and done and either we get this issue printed or maybe even down the line when the mini series is done that okay it'll be awesome to have it cases in a comic shop and uh i've actually had that with a previous work a smaller work there was a really cool um shop uh in buffalo pulp um 716 that's been great to um indie creators and that was like that was amazing to, to see my uh work in a shop like miles away from me so it'd be cool to, to see that again, hopefully closer to home uh, this time around. Uh, another idea of success, I think for me is, I mean, getting recognized by peers. So like, you know, maybe seeing work or uh, yeah, nominated for, you know, whatever award that might be, whether it's the, um, gosh, what is it, the Ringos right now? Like that would be an amazing accomplishment for me. So those are some pictures of success for me, uh, seeing my work in comic shops and uh, maybe just getting uh, recognized by by the industry, I think. So to me, are signs of success, along with uh, one day uh, ideally getting published as well. I think is uh, another ladder to success. But yeah, there's there's so many um, you know ways that you can see yourself as successful for sure. Um, I would say my idea of success um, is of, of course, like Leslie said, having a comic in the in the comic book stores. Um, that happened several several times with like anthologies that I was in um, and some just like I self-published some stuff so I went to like one of my local comic shops and I was like can you take this and they're like yeah of course and um like I there was one shop that I had like maybe five or six copies of my self-published comics and after like 
three months they were all sold out so that was gave me such a rush of like happiness so that was something that i always like look forward to have um and another thing honestly it's just being a writer and like my my main dream right now is is oh my main goal is actually to like make enough money off of comics where i can or just off my writing where i can just do that full time i'm not looking for anything like i'm not looking to be a millionaire off of comics i don't think anyone is uh but just making a decent living um off of that so i can just focus on that because on 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 that because like really writing has always given given me life like i remember when i was um eight years old six years old actually still writing and being so uh captivated um like by so many stories that my family told me uh, when and i got as i was growing up and i just want to do that for other people so i think also another idea of my success is people coming up to me and being like listen i read your comic i was like in a tough time and it just had like just gave me some time to escape off my reality you know and like maybe even like made me realize some stuff about my life that i needed to change or just some stuff that i just needed to realize about my life that if if something like that's like really my hope so if that ever happens honestly like i can quit <laughs> like yeah. i can really just just be happy i don't know yeah that one too that's that's a good one aj <laughs> Yeah, I just did um, an event where I was vending and selling my books and it was kind of slow and I wasn't really selling a whole lot. And then this woman, this young woman had came up to me and she saw that um, my posters with my book covers on there and that I had wrote, actually wrote these urban fantasy stories with a main character who's a young black woman, dark skinned black woman. Mm-hmm. And she was just she was just expressing to me how um, how much I inspired her, even though she hasn't even read the book yet, um, about like maybe continuing on her writing and eventually being published. And I guess the praise, I hate to say praise, I, I would prefer inspiring people, but then again, the praise isn't too bad to hear that you know, you've inspired people to, um, to at least attempt to try to fulfill their dreams, which is, yeah in a way successful and the same thing going off what you said AJ um just like reading to escape my uh people's reality um like I have a lot of stories like I read fan fiction so I have my own like go-to fanfics that kind of like when I'm feeling down and then I read repeatedly I think because you kind of already know how it ends and it's not really surprising and I like discovering new things too when you read, read, when you read, read things as well. So I think a part of that is is a good thing when people read your stories. And like I said, like you said, they use it to escape the reality. Again, they don't have to worry about any surprises or anything like that. And they already know how the story is going to end and they kind of like rediscover new things. So I, I think that's a part of the reason why um, people, I guess, like stories pretty much i'm rambling this is not my time to ramble it's your time to ramble but i'm very good no i I I think that was a good point yeah no i totally get that no you're 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 so right about that too because i have also yeah kind of table at events and you're right that is i mean a great feeling when someone says like hey i appreciate your work or i appreciate what what you're doing you know Uh, i didn't really go to cons growing up 
but i mean it, i'd be so like i can only imagine like yeah that feeling if you're like some younger kid going and seeing someone that looks like you or is like put, putting out stories that kind of resemble like your experience like that's got to be a really empowering feeling so like i hope that I mean, whatever age you are, I hope that I, I'm putting out stories that people love and appreciate and just, yeah, can find themselves escaping into. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, well, there, is there anything else that either of you want to touch on about head cases that I may have missed as a whole? Um, maybe rewards for potential backers or anything else? Um, I, I just wanted to touch on what uh, Leslie just said um, mm -hmm. and what you also said about like because I thought I thought that was uh, like I I completely relate um, and with also with head cases my the way I put myself into those characters especially the two main characters um, that Ila uh, like one of the main characters the female one is Jewish and I'm, I'm also Jewish so that was my way to get it in and also some something that I even like more was um, I cared about more that to put that in the story uh, Ramon, the other kid, like I always, when I was a teenager, I had like a really bad case of the acne. I don't know if anyone can relate, but I just had that. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I remember like always, always watching movies, uh, TV shows, reading comic books, whatever. And I would always look for people that look like me that have acne and I never could find anything like anyone. Everyone just looked so beautiful and perfect and whole when it comes to their skin. And it's not just not how teenagers work. Like that's not how it, it goes. So I really wanted uh, in, with Ramon, like I wanted him to have acne. Like I wanted, because I wanted other people that had acne or are going through acne right now would be able to pick up this book and be like, oh, someone who actually has the same problem as me. And we throughout the whole book never even touch on that problem like it's just who he is it's just a part of, of what what's happening to him while he's on this wild journey uh but it still was important to me to show it and i think I'm, i don't know when i'll be able to even do that again but i'll try as much as i can to mm -hmm. um represent yeah. problems because because i always because i'm also an educator um on my as my main job my day job and whenever i educate uh, I'm, I'm doing my education work. I'm always thinking about, okay, what can I give to this kid? Um, so can I, what is that something that I can give to this kid that I wish someone would, would have told me when I was going through the same thing? You know what I mean? Um, so I'm always looking for ways to do that, either in my educational work or my comics or storytelling work. Uh -huh. All right. So um, will other of you be doing any cons this year, conventions? Unfortunately, none for me this year. I'm really hoping to get back into the swing of things in 2023, but I, I think I'm done for <laughs> for this year. Or not done, but yeah, just not doing anything this year, unfortunately. Yeah, uh -huh. unfortunately, unfortunately, me also, I don't, I'm not going to do any cons 2022. I don't know about 2023, honestly, but my first book out of the graphic novel trilogy, that's going to come out in the end of uh, 2024. So hopefully once that comes out, um, I'll be able to actually start doing cons, um, but maybe in something in 2023 as well. Okay. All right. Well, again, I want to thank the co-writers of Head Cases, Leslie Julian and AJ O. Mason for joining us here today to promote uh, the comic that's currently on Crowdfunder. I highly recommend our listeners to consider checking out the Crowdfunder for Head Cases, which is now live until July 21st. 
All of Leslie's and AJ's socials and the crowdfunder links will be listed in this episode's details for those who are interested. Again, I am KS Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you.